managed to set fire to snow. Yeah. It's a house. Oh, are we live? We didn't hear you announce that we were live. Yeah, apologies. Um, there's a, a system error. So usually we hear Jod count us down, and this time we didn't. But he tested yeah. it as well, like five minutes ago. Yeah. There's we were a... talking about the Wakandan fire department instead. <laughs> there is a, a machine spirit that doesn't like us, so. Okay, well, doesn't work. But anyway, if you want to see Wakandan Fire Department, <laughs> what would they Google to find that? Just out of interest. Just Wakandan Fire Department on Twitter. <laughs> okay. it's, it's on I Am Yes You Are. No, I, I think Dan's going to include it in his segment tomorrow on African infrastructure, which is just going to be a delight. Go watch the politics of Black Panther. <laughs> but anyway, today we'll be talking about the fact that you have no power here. Dave Chappelle triggering the left again and paying the Dane Gale doesn't work. Nope. Which is... It's never worked and it still doesn't work. A lesson we still need to learn somehow. We don't need to learn it. We're not paying them. We're paying them to stay. Anyway, Karen. Yeah, I was going to say, come We're on. We're not paying man. them to leave. <laughs> that would be stupid. Man, we pay the Vikings <laughs> to come and stay with us. Yeah. Well, you know, yeah. big brain. Can't pillage if you own everything. Great points, Charlie. It's bloody true as well. Yeah, exactly. conservative. <laughs> but anyway, to anyway. start off, this is a weird story. And this is one in which we show that, frankly, uh, a lot of the elite institutions have no power over their own audience or output at this point because they've so brought into uh, die, for example, diversity, inclusion, and uh, what's equity. The e? Equity. Jesus, I always forget that one because it's so bad. But they um, diversity, inclusion, and evil. That's what yeah, I think that's, that is better. Uh, but they 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 so brought into this that it's unbearable. And this is today we're going to be talking about football. Now, of course, whenever we're bringing this topic up, I feel the need to remind everyone: don't know a damn thing. Nope. Yeah. Not my sphere. But my dad and my brother quite like it. And what's funny is when I talk to them, you'll occasionally learn about the kind of propaganda that's being forced down their throats. Just as a quick side, how is it us three that are the people talking about football? There are people in the office who watch football. It's like just, a nightmare blunt rotation. Yeah, we're just not them. I think this is weirdly funnier. <laughs> <laughs> well, I just want to be clear. I've never heard of Joey Barton. Yeah, that's what we're talking about today. So I guess we'll, we'll get this up. I've never heard of Matt Letizia. So this is a, an ITV football post, which... You know, not something I'm usually involved with looking at. And uh, it's posted here saying, for Joey Barton, an ex-professional player with a significant social media presence, to target two of our pundits, Eno Aluku and Lucy Ward, with such vindictive remarks based on gender, and to invoke their names of serial killers in doing so is... <laughs> It's clearly contemptible and shameful on his part. Football is for everyone. Do you, right. do you have the serial killer in question that you referenced? Hang on, up? hang on. Before we go on, right? Let's just let's just yeah, consider, but... yeah, the football is for everyone, right? Because mm. this, you remember, the Warhammer is for everyone. The, the, London they, is for everyone. Exactly. They say this just as they are literally targeting someone for exclusion. Mm -hmm. Joey Barton, this isn't for you. This is for everyone. You're not a person. But it's the same formula every single time. This is what they say while they are excluding. Look at what they do. Don't listen to what they say. So, so this is what caught my eye. You're exactly on the money because I'm not a football person, but I am well versed in this kind of bollocks. Yep. And so when I see it on a football post that just happens to show up, I'm like, oh, okay, what the? Something funny must have gone on there. And then reading that he compared some pundits to serial killers, of course, <coughs> it's going to be good. So I suppose we'll, we'll take a look, shall we? Because, I mean, usually, you know, some institution denouncing a member of their own staff is sort of a day ending in Y event, right? But this is his tweet that, that caused all this. He's responding to a tweet from ITV Football that they've since deleted. And he writes, how is she even talking about men's football? She can't even kick a ball properly. Your coverage of the game last night took it to a new low. Uh, Any and Lucy, the Fred and Rose West of football commentary. 
Uh, they are two serial killers. Uh, pretty gruesome ones. I find it amusing that he also went to Fred and Rose West, which is the comparison that Jeremy Clarkson made to Meghan Markle, which got him kicked off of his son column, wasn't it, as well? Was it? Yeah. He said, he, he said, I I, I don't, I hate Meghan Markle more than I hate Rose West and Nicola Sturgeon. <laughs> what? I mean, <laughs> a bit harsh, but... Look, I don't like Nicola Sturgeon either, but she's not quite as bad as Rose West. But it's just interesting so, that, uh, that Jeremy made the same comparison, and then now Jerry's just going, yeah, and I'm just going to double down. For anyone who's interested, Fred and Rose West are a pair of serial killers from, killers from Gloucester, I think it was, um, because my cousin lived about 10 minutes away from them. Like, just like, if you walk down the street, 10 minutes, there's their house, because he's from Gloucester. He used to chop people up. Yeah. Um, specifically young girls and their own yeah. children. If you've watched the Black Mirror episode where the son's parents are serial killers yeah. in the recent season, it's based on those two. Yeah. And they found like bodies in the walls and stuff like that. It's genuinely horrific. So if you wonder what might cause this, well, here's the original video that they then deleted from their Twitter account. And it's um, the lady here. This is the, the host that he's saying is, yeah. is like a serial killer because she's just that she's bad. murdered the commentary. They responded really well. You know, got some big wins. Uh, playing like Dwight, uh, um, they're playing really well. Um, again. It's just like if I was directing football commentary. Yeah, that's my I'm football no... commentary. Well, they look like they're playing well. Oh, what well, good boys! Yeah, very it's good. Pathetic, and the and the weirdness <laughs> it's of that. Not really commentary, is it? Actually, no. Say it. And the weirdness there as well is apparently she's forgetting the name of Dwight McNeil. So she, would I. Which, yeah, again, just like us, if we were hire me, <laughs> I'll do your football commentary do it for cheaper. Yeah. And then there are a lot. Yeah, what, are, what are we paying out half it? I'll do it. There are also a lot of posts taking the piss out of her because here's just some footage of her attempting to uh, score goals. And I don't really know why this was uploaded because I would have deleted it off my phone because it's just kind of embarrassing. Like, and it's, it's... But sorry, I'm atrocious at football too. Hire me. Yeah. I'll do it. I, I, I think uh... there might be something in the way of us getting hired here. Yeah. yeah. This is the problem in question, obviously. And I what... put on a wig. And some shoe polish. <laughs> yeah. Where's Justin <laughs> Trudeau's fancy dress kit when you yeah, need no, it? No, no, I'm not even... I'm, I'm terrible at football. I mean, look at her. You could get paid 1-8. Yeah. But anyway, so more generally, though, she's just shit at her job. So, I mean, this is a compilation that's been going around of her comments, and I'll play a little bit of it, because it is just funny, even for someone who knows nothing about football, how bad she is. You know, he's got a great record, 19 goals in 40 appearances. You know, do the math on that. It's, it's one, one goal a game, pretty much. In terms of the penalty, you know, I think she's done everything right, but maybe hit it a bit too clean. But, yeah. Hi, me. I'm terrible at maths as well. <laughs> yeah, he doesn't even believe maths exists. <laughs> I, I too can't count. It goes on for a while, but it's, it's mostly football stuff I don't understand. But I do understand mathematics, specifically whether or not 19 <laughs> equals 40. Which it doesn't, in case you're watching, uh, lady. But there we are. Diversity strikes again, right? This, is, this just strikes me as David Lamion on Mastermind. Yeah. Have you seen it? He got zero. Yeah, he literally got zero. And it's, it's, it's like, who, who was Henry VIII's son? He's like, Henry VII? Or what? <laughs> His son. Well, yeah, yeah, exactly. exactly. <laughs> it's just like, okay, David. So. <laughs> But yeah, uh, another day of that, right? And I saw this and I was like, you know, that is pretty funny. It's sad that that's happening in football. And um, my brother, whenever he tells me about football shows, my dad, uh, usually what they tell me is the, I can't remember which show it is because I, I never pay that much attention because I'm a bad son. But you always hear basically, it's now full of woke garbage. Yeah. And I'm like, I feel bad for you. If it's not a complaint about the VAR, it's a complaint about the commentators. Now you know why I keep talking about Warhammer. <laughs> yeah. I, and we saw back when the Black Lives Matter protests happened, of course, with the riots. And they, they started... Coloring in the seats 
So you'd have massive words saying Black Lives Matter constantly on screen, and then sometimes they just throw a logo on screen yeah. for no reason. They had it rotating around the side of the pitch on the digital Chiron. It was comically bad. So yeah, I'm not surprised all of the uh, commentary sections of the industry have become the same thing, and seemingly for the same reasons. But that's funny enough. Um, what Joey Barton did in response, which was tripling down on a level I've never seen, is really the story that gets my attention, because uh, my God, my lad, you have done something crazy which is that he responded at first by saying to ITV, why'd you turn off the replies? Because you don't like the truth. You don't like hearing feedback. Call me cowards. Stop forcing your woke racist nonsense on all of us. Die and affirmative action is failing. Failing badly. It doesn't work. Best person for the job. Meritocracy rules. Simple as. Yes, yeah, it's, like no, it's not more complicated than that. And that's fairly normal. But of course, ITV getting massively ratioed by the, their whole audience being like, yeah. yeah, no, we don't want your crap anymore because the people you hired are crap. Well, of course, they presumably put out some messages or some virtue signals went out. A whole bunch of individuals decided to put support tweets, of course. Oh, yeah. You know, the local brown noses. As you can see here, this is one of them. Kick it out. Well, kicking out, I understand, is a, an activist organization specifically to kick out racism from football. Because racism is for everyone. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, <laughs> We're going to stand up to racism by taking the knee for everyone. The silence in response to the ongoing abuse of women in football has spoken volumes. I can't respond to that. I want a t-shirt with that. <laughs> racism is for everyone. With Gary Lineker's face on it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so, <laughs> so, uh, right, everything's for everyone, including racism. Yeah. <laughs> so... Uh, that's no, the that's logical not... end point of where they're going. Yeah. Football for everyone, what happens for everyone, racist for everyone. Only anti-racist left is Joey Barton. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it says here, of course, the ongoing women's abuse is terrible. Blah, blah, blah. I'm glad to see Gary Neville showing the support more, please. I was like, okay, yeah. Wait, yeah. Gary Neville, so the same he... bloke that took money from Qatar to yeah, yeah, yeah. do the commentary. Yeah. But, but same with Lineker as well, isn't it? Yep. Like, um, but the thing is, like, what abuse? Sorry, I haven't seen the abuse. He just said she was a crap pundit because she's clearly a crap pundit. Yeah, and she's a diversity hire. That's yeah. the abuse. That's that's the, the, it's not abuse. But that's criticizing of the ideology that runs our institutions. Yes. So, yeah, of course, um, criticism of the state is abuse now. It's, yep. it's violence. And, of course, this is brown noses, so you can't really respect them. Because that's the thing about brown noses. Like, yeah. they're not really anything without the person they brown nose. Yep. Which is evident in the series we're looking at here. So Gary Neville did some crap where he's just like, man, my mum was kicked off the football team in the 60s because of misogyny. I was like, no, it's because men and women are different biologically. Sorry, well, how did his mum get onto the men's team? Yeah, I mean, just go away. What? I'm not even listening to the <laughs> stupid sob story. <laughs> my, my, is he referring to the under-12s? I have no idea. <laughs> Genuinely. I have no idea. But the most liked response was just this guy going, no one gives an F about your story. <laughs> Neville, you self-serving pompous <laughs> prick. Don't forget when you went out to Qatar for a jollier for millions of pounds after your documentary about human rights. Hypocritical rat. He went on the Labour Party stage to complain about the Tories supposedly confiscating everyone's human rights, which, I mean, if only, and then immediately flew out to Qatar. Yeah, yeah it's comical. Uh, Joey also did a response to some people. So this is one of the other people that Brown knows. Oh, Chris. The Joey Barton response when asked if he has ever made a woman come. And it's him shaking his head. And, Haha, you got me. You made a joke about me not having sex. Ah, yes, that's right. Let's reduce women to literally the only function they think they have. His response... I've banged a £10 into your buy-me-a-coffee begging bowl so you can get your roots done. <laughs> this is the okay, thing. Yeah. <laughs> Just as a side note, the whole one female comeback, which is you've not had sex, 
just isn't actually very good anymore. I mean, sorry, how old is Joey Barton? He's probably like 45. He's probably got a bunch of kids. He's probably got- he's yeah. married. Yeah. He's a professional footballer. Yeah. I'm sorry, if you don't think he's shagged his way through Chester, I mean... Yeah, exactly, come on. Well, that's the thing about brown noses. They're not smart people. They're not respectful people. And this went on because um, then he decided to do a response to the tweet. <laughs> is this the same ITV football that tried to cover up the Philip Schofield grooming and then bumming an underage boy allegedly, asking for a friend? Allegedly. That's a quote from him. Not- yeah. yeah, yeah. We're not, we're not <laughs> yeah. making out of you. We're just reporting on this. <laughs> that's a fantastic Icarus impression there. Blimey. Oh, that's great. This is... I mean, so so a little bit of context on on Joey Barton because I I haven't followed his career, but I, in anticipation of this whole drama, I did look him up, and he does have quite a storied history of run-ins with the police for being provocative, like mooning, <laughs> mooning rival players, right. getting in punch-ups with football um, supporters. He also did have a thing with his wife fairly recently, but she dropped the allegations and they've smoothed it over. So he is a Volatile and disagreeable personality. Fire. So yeah, the wrong the wrong person to wind up, I think. Yeah, really, really, they choose the wrong thing. Because... I just I just like really love it when you see someone giving it to them though. Yeah. Just, I... so just go hard, go all out. No, I don't care about any of your sacred cows. I'm gonna make you happy, Carl. Oh good. Good lord, this was this was the start. This was the first <laughs> statement. He, he went on, shut up, you effing idiots. Keep them off the television. <laughs> They're ruining the game for everyone. It's what happens when you force underqualified, underprepared, tokenistic people on us. I will be calling them serial killers from now on in every clip you fuckers put out. <laughs> Told you, I don't care anymore. We've all had enough of your woke DEI bullshit. I hope everyone who agrees with me gets right after your social media every time you force this nonsense on us. I tried playing nice, you didn't listen. He did, to be fair. He was like, I don't like wokeism. <laughs> I, know, I know it's redundant to point out hypocrisy, but the same people that are very upset about the Fred and Rose West comparison have been calling people like Jacob Rees-Mogg worse than Hitler for the yeah. last how many years. So it's okay to compare your political opponents to dictators who have committed historical atrocities, but one sort of jab at a diversity hire and all misogyny. <laughs> I just You're... love the opening statement. <laughs> <laughs> It just, it's, it's just the sort of thing I would have said 10 years ago. But also, Ricky Gervais was right. Like, I know Epstein's your friend. That is literally yeah, Joey's We'll position. be mentioning that shortly, yeah. Yeah, so it goes on. Uh, seeing if you've raised your greasy little wig, a teabag referring to Gary Neville there, um, anything to say about one of your employers covering up a grooming and noncing pal, using the platform ITV to help dirty nonces procure and violate underage kids? Weird, because you can make the exact same accusation towards the BBC. I was about to say the same thing. Then try and bury it. You have an opinion on everything, anything else. Uh, thought not. Keep your nut down, you little wet wipe. If you so much as utter my name in vain again, the floodgates will open on you. <laughs> Hashtag back under your stone. <laughs> <laughs> There's a reason. It's 10 million views. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And then a Labour MP had something uh, to say. Oh, yeah. Ed oh, Balls, oh, go on, Ed Balls. Uh, talking about this, being like, is it any surprise to behave like this? Very gross. Um, now, uh, Joey. <laughs> Joey, Joey. Joey may have crossed the line because he decided to tweet this, which even got limited by X. I was surprised by your wife, Yvette Cooper, calling the people of Nolsey far right, considering it's been a Labour safe seat for decades. I was also surprised to see one of your kids as a tranny. Musting, oh. horrible mental illness. Wish him well on his recovery. I didn't uh, know that either. <laughs> that doesn't make sense. <laughs> no prisoners, no prisoners. That's getting censored on YouTube. <laughs> yeah. I was just like, okay, 
You know what this reminds hey, me friend, of? Though, nice Jeff reminds, Sixteen minutes in, Jack. <laughs> <laughs> this does remind me of when all of the Irish politicians were coming out and denouncing yeah. all of the Irish, saying, yeah. "Well, maybe we shouldn't have stabby migrants around." And then the one bloke in sports who can fight, Conor McGregor, comes out and says it as it is. Joey Barton is the Conor McGregor of football. Yeah, it's it seems to be the case. Um, he he continued as well. This is the ending tweet. So on Sunday, he's you know it's God's day, so he's gonna he's gonna put down the torch, and um, he basically it's a big long list, but he's basically saying you're all nonces and uh, rapists, and the women are all whores who are cheating on their husbands to crime the career ladder, um, and I know all about it because you all told me it because I worked with you for years. So shut the fuck up, <laughs> like don't come after me, you bunch of degenerate scum. You can read it your own time, but that's basically it summarized, which again, you know, that's his version of the world. I'm not yeah. saying any of that's the case. Don't sue me for the love of Christ. I don't want to go to prison. But there we are. That, that <laughs> of all the responses to a diversity situation, this is the funniest one yet. This is the exact right kind of energy that I want to see at the beginning of 2024. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. exactly. <laughs> and funnily enough, they have all stopped tweeting about him after he tweeted this. And um, am I... Am I to believe? I mean, what do you reckon? The ITV is staffed by people who are, you know, we're just taking a guess. I'm not saying they are, but I'm, I'm guessing there's a disproportionate amount of pedophiles, rapists, and women who cheat on their husbands to climb the diversity ladder. Possibly. Well, I won't make any allegations about any specific network. Of course not. But given the BBC's history, <laughs> and given some of the people I have run into just being in peripheral media who have done the Colombian marching powder and can't keep a relationship together, it seems yeah, all maybe. Like, like all of the networks have this sort of problem, and it wouldn't surprise me if ITV has it too. That's all. Uh, it's, it's because the limelight attracts certain character types who want to be in the limelight for the sake of the limelight. Yeah, and the best part is, is he ended this off this whole thing with uh, one tweet, which we mentioned Baz earlier. That's totally Baz. Not having it anymore. Women stick to women's <laughs> football. Men stick to men's football. Simple. <laughs> How is he wrong? The critical consciousness of the normie has been raised to an alarming degree. Oh, these, this is doing, it's doing a great job. Million views on two yeah. million views on that. <laughs> <laughs> so, oh, you've never made a woman cut. Oh, oh my God, it's like literally all you have to it's say, lady. Yeah. You have no, I know the whole, you know that joke about right-wingers where it's like you've got yeah. one joke about yeah. trans people. I mean, it is true for women. Yeah, they've got one comeback. Oh, you're a virgin. Oh my God. Kids, fuck off. It's <laughs> <laughs> yeah. one point of listening to you. If only I was a virgin. But the um, funny thing about all that is, uh, well, that. Yeah, there is more, which is the memes that came out of it. I, I really want to mention because good boy, that was funny, which is, um, so this chap here tweeted out this old sketch, which is what English football has <clears throat> become. And I suppose we'll listen. Half time here at the city of Manchester Stadium. City took the lead in the 12th minute through Adebayor. Fabregas popped up with a well-deserved equaliser for Arsenal in the 33rd minute. I'm here with two former legends for both clubs, Arsenal's Georgie Charles and 70s Man City hero Rodney Bowles. Hello, guys. Georgie, um, Arsenal pretty unlucky to go one down early on. <coughs> great strike by Fabregas. Literally passed it into the back of the net. Typical Arsenal goal. And, um, and Rodney, great start for City. Just what Mancini would have wanted. 
great to see you. Uh, where's the bloke, darling? Yeah, where's the bloke, love? Sorry, what bloke? The bloke we talked we to. We chat to you about football, though. Where's the bloke? Well, I'm the, I'm the bloke. No, no, no. Come on, love. Where's the bloke? Where's the bloke, darling? Where's the bloke, love? <laughs> Honestly, it's, um, it's only me. No, don't be silly, darling. Where's the bloke? Where's the bloke, darling? Where's the bloke? <laughs> Did you ever, you, you've never watched The Fast Show, have you? I watched clips of it. Yeah. I haven't there, there are, have you seen the women know your place? Yeah. Yeah. The, the thing about that, though, is Joey is right, actually. That's his perspective, which is his whole point, which is men and women's football are so drastically different. There's a reason they started putting the women's football before the men's one in the schedules mm-hmm. is because when they did it the other way around, no one watches the women's one because it's yeah. pathetic by comparison. So if you watch the women's one, it's all right. And then you watch the men's one, you're like, holy crap. Oh, yeah, there's a big difference. Like even somebody who doesn't care about football, you can see the difference. So there's that. He's right. But then, um, well, the other memes about it are a bit less uh, polite. So here we are. Joey Barton, when he sees a woman has snuck out of the kitchen. <laughs> Gotta go get him, boys. There's another one here in which uh, there's a woman who's deciding she's going to take up football as a career. And um... there you don't. <laughs> get back at he's it. He's not saying that. <laughs> no, he's saying stick to the women's league. But, but also the, the fact that these women are diversity hires. Like, I'm sure if they were experts in football, this wouldn't have come up. I guess, but it's also fair to say that men and women are kind of over-socialized in the same spaces and some things oh. should be for men, some things should be for women. So if okay. you just want to listen to a bunch of blokes talk about football, you should be able to. It's even more real than that because you're missing something there. I believe she does have a career in football, but she doesn't have a career in men's football. Yeah, That's the point. There's such a different thing. It's like, it's like having the teenagers on. I mean, sincerely, I mean, there have been games of the women's teams of various countries versus teenage boys. Yeah, getting yeah. thrashed. By the, the, US lost, they lose. the U.S. national team lost to the Dallas under-14s from like 5-0. Yeah. And it's, it's just not comparable. And, um, well, I mean, this person made a good point, which is if she wasn't a black woman, where would she be? And let's be honest. She was a white man. Not be there. Well, so, so, with what, cracking commentary like they seem quite good. One of the replies. <laughs> one of the replies. She played for her country. What have you done for her for, with your life? Oh yes, dodging all of the bullets and the grenades and the like. Okay, she can go she got, back to that, can't she? You know? She got she got paid to do her hobby. Great, brilliant. Why is she commenting on someone else's? Just, just you've, you've served the country in women's football, have you? Right. I'll, I'll be honest. It just doesn't deserve the Victoria Cross. That's all I'm getting at. But anyway, I'm last- doing my part. <laughs> The last thing here being uh, this fake tweet, of course, in which we have Ash Sharker writing, the increase in Joey Barton's ex-following suggests we're not really winning. Wait, is that an actual... No, is that no, an actual... No, 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 this is a parody. The Gradient oh. instead. But that's where I think I'd end it off because, yes, it seems to be the case that as the die uh, propaganda has been forced into that space, mm. overwhelmingly, like unbelievably well, it has gone for us. Mm. The football fans have watched it and just either tuned out, turned off, or are now throwing their remotes at the TV because they cannot stand it. <laughs> but the question is, does this translate into these people all getting fired and replaced with people who actually know what they're talking about? Well, if it's uh, a profit-run business, eventually, yes, because the viewership is actually tanking. Mm, it's often subsidized. And then think about what happened with Match of the Day, where Gary Lineker was queried about whether or sure. not he was breaking partiality laws, and they all walked out and stood behind each other. Yeah. I think instead... But what's important is that fundamental truth, though. Yep. But if you make something woke, are you going to make more money? Sure. Well, the, the problem with the football one, though, and I've had conversations behind the scenes about this, I've just said, I basically just said to GB News, why don't you get Aidan McGee, Matt Letizier, and Jerry Barton to comment and do a parallel match of the day? And they've said to me, no, it would be great. It would genuinely be great. And it'd probably get They're all nonsense. Yeah, they'd probably get mega ratings, you know? <laughs> I didn't. The reason they won't is because they can't buy the rights to the games. They can't compete against ITV yeah. and Amazon, the BBC. Yeah. So actually. It's monopolistic. Yeah. And 
But this is the thing. Like, if the, if the people behind all of the woke stuff at ITV aren't getting fired, then as, mu- as fun as this insurrection is, there's no substantive change. I think it's good to see that the, the audience, no one's being converted by the propaganda. Oh, yeah. I would good. like to take a little while. I, I love to see a, a revolt. Don't get me wrong. Well, let's move on, shall we? Yep, fantastic. Well, speaking of normal people enjoying a bit of schadenfreude at the expense of the elites, mm-hmm. Dave Chappelle and Ricky Gervais have come out with new Netflix specials. And the dysgenic Twitter freaks are not having a good time about it. And I thought we'd go through a few clips because it coincides with a few stories that actually broke about the sexual perversion and compromise and corruption of said political elites recently. So this is Dave Chappelle's new special. came out just before Christmas. Uh, no, just after Christmas. Sorry, this is The Dreamer on Netflix. comes just after Sticks and Stones where he upset everyone. And then The Closer where he did a long monologue about the trans community who were upset at them, upset at him for a couple of... Very minor jokes. Yeah, re- relatively innocuous. Yeah. Um, he didn't really hold back in this one. I'll just play a little clip from this because you you haven't seen it. No. Have you seen either of these? I've seen the clips that float on Twitter. Okay, right. Well, for Carl's benefit, um, <clears throat> we'll play one of his opening jokes. And the only thing that got me out of that space was a comedian friend of mine, the late great Norm Macdonald. That's right. Shout out to Norm. And what Norm did, which I'll never forget, is he knew that I was the biggest Jim Carrey fan in the world. Now, I'm not going to go all into it, but Jim Carrey is talented in a way that you can't practice or rehearse. What a God-given talent. I was fascinated with him. And Norm knew that. And he called me up and he goes, Dave, um, he says, I'm doing a movie with Jim Carrey. Um, Do you want to meet him? And I said, fuck, yes, I do. And it was the first time I could remember since my father died being excited. And the movie was called Man on the Moon. I didn't know any of this. And in this movie, Jim Carrey was playing another comedian I admired, the late, great Andy Kaufman. Yes, and Jim Carrey was so immersed in that role that from the moment he woke up to the time he went to bed at night, he would live his life as Andy Kaufman. I didn't know that. When they said cut, this nigga was still (laughs) Andy Kaufman. So much so that everybody on the crew called him Andy. I didn't know any of that. I just went there to meet him, and when he walked into the room where we were supposed to meet, I screamed, Jim Carrey! And everyone said, no! (laughs) Call him Andy. And I didn't understand. And then he came over and he was acting weird. I didn't know he was acting like Andy Kaufman. He's just like, hey, how you doing? And I was like, hello. (laughs) Andy? Now, in hindsight, how fucking lucky am I that I got to see one of the greatest artists of my time immersed in one of his most challenging processes ever. Very lucky to have seen that. But as it was happening, (laughs) I was very disappointed. (laughs) Because I wanted to meet Jim Carrey, and I had to pretend this nigga was Andy Kaufman (laughs) all afternoon. And he was clearly Jim Carrey. I could look at him and I could see he was Jim Carrey. Anyway, I say all that to say, that's how trans people make me feel. So in terms of the actual special, he puts it together very well, tells long winding stories and it's with a punchline at the end. That's Just, just to be clear, I don't think that trans people are the greatest artists of our generation. <laughs> <laughs> just sorry. We have um, opinions to the contrary 
coming later. Okay. Yeah. But so in the special, he does a couple of trans jokes. I mean, the closer was pretty much all about his contentions with the trans community. I wonder if we can locate them on a map someplace. And he just goes into the Titanic submersible and the uh, time that he got attacked on stage. He addressed the Will Smith's Oscars slap and things yeah. like that. It was, it was very good. Um, took a pot shot at Little Nas X because Little Nas X got very upset at his LGBT comments. Oh, that's the, the Satanist one. Yeah, he mentions that particular yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He says of that music video, and this is why he titles it The Dreamer. He says, this actually is the same theater, the Lincoln Theater in Washington, where I performed my first stand-up special about 20 years ago, killing them softly. And my dream was to be here, to be the top of the career, to be called the greatest of all time. And I've met lots of people that are doing powerful dreams. And clearly, Little Nas X's dream was to be the gayest African-American man who's ever lived. <laughs> Mission accomplished. Incon- incontrovertible, yeah. Um, I just mentioned that this is a clip shared by Bill Dole Chris. We recently did an interview about him, so you can look at some of the less funny side of trans stuff if you subscribe to our website, of course. But let's look at the reviews for Dave Chappelle's Netflix special because I think we're all perfectly capable of taking a joke at our expense, lads. Oh, yeah. Yeah, please put your best ones in the comments. Ah, not so much for the establishment. Um, the Telegraph, they decided to give it one star. It's just because it's uh, grayed out here that you can't see it. But they, they weren't delighted. They said the controversial uh, US comic sounds like a broken record in this Netflix special. Ah, uh, yes. The, the conservative telegraph. It's like, how dare he attack progressive sacred cows? Quite. They say, part of the problem is that the audience is only laughing at the idea that someone else is going to be offended by the material rather than because it is funny, which sadly it isn't. I mean, actually, it is quite funny. Yeah, and it's even funnier funny. that you're really upset about it. Yeah. So... Yeah, but uh, predictably, it's kind of weird though, isn't it? Because then he's saying he's a joke, because he's literally the person offended by it. And he's like, "Yeah, they're going to be laughing at me." Yeah, I mean, we are Sorry. big self-report. So here's some of the other just predictable ones. Uh, Dave Chappelle's obsession with knocking trans people continues in new Netflix special, The Dreamer. I love punching down. He then said he was going to transition to joking about handicapped people instead because they're not as organised as the days. I, uh, I, he, he did a lot of disabled jokes. But what I love about this, like these are these are men writing these reviews. Mm. It's like, oh, oh, please, please notice how good a boy I've been. Nah, shut up. Yep. I, I've mentioned this before Damn. as well. But the way I'm looking at this, because I don't believe transgenderism is real anymore. Like I treat it like homeopathy or something. But it's just like you have offended the homeopathy community. It's just like, <laughs> have I? Couldn't give a toss. Angry homeopaths are arranging, ever protesting at your house now. Yeah, like you're Chucking punching essential down. oils through your window. Yeah. You're punching down on those who believe in ghosts. So. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> just, I, can't, I can't read any of this anymore without thinking it writes like that because I just don't believe in transgender. On behalf of the Bigfoot community. Yeah. <laughs> you bigot. I mean, imagine being shut down by the Bigfoot community or the Flat Earth Society get you fired from your job. But don't put us in that same category. Okay, of course. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, they do borderline make that conflation later on, but there you go. Yeah, that's a bit from Deadline, targeting the trans community, disabled people in his new special. Chappelle's harsh words in his previous special, The Closer, prompted an employee walkout in, uh, yeah. with more than 100 protesters at Netflix in 2021. Yeah, and how did that work out? Well, the, They all got fired. Yeah. The Netflix spokesperson did, did come out and say, we value our trans colleagues and allies, but so much they sacked them. And we're understand- losing hundreds of millions, and Dave Chappelle is a massive star, so get out. Yeah. And we understand the deep hurt that it's been caused. We respect the decision of any employee who chooses to walk out and recognize we have much more to do, both within Netflix and our content. Yeah. Much more to do, like pay him to make more specials. Yeah. But there you go. Um, Daily Beast proves that he's learned nothing. Good. Now they decide to combine their review here. Again, another <laughs> bloke. Their review of Dave Chappelle and Ricky Gervais. Oh yeah. I think he's learned a lot actually because he just keeps making the jokes and keeps making money. So I think, I think that would 
prove that he learns a lot. But he doesn't support flat earth. So, <laughs> good point. They decided to end their 2023 by releasing specials in which their comedy pivots to poking fun at the disabled. Could they be more obvious about finding new ways to punch down than targeting people physically unable to fight back? It's not a... Okay, what? <laughs> Whatever. No. Just Dave Chappelle punching a person in a wheelchair. <laughs> Welcome to 2024. It's going quite well. I mean, actually, the people in a wheelchair they do this joke about, as we'll see in a moment, um, are on his side. Obviously. So he's obviously just making a joke. Yep. For his part, Gervais willingly misdefines and misuses woke by suggesting if woke now means being a puritanical authoritarian bully who gets people fired for an honest opinion or even a fact, then no, I'm not woke. F that. Is Nazism or transphobia an honest opinion that shouldn't get you fired? (laughs) Right. So the woke guy's like, yeah, but I want them fired. Yeah. I I think. Also, calling for the extermination of an entire race is a bit different than saying that bloke looks a bit funny in a dress, but maybe that's just a far-right opinion, but, but there small you go. Small detail. Yeah, just a small detail. Uh, another unpredicted response, actually, was learning that, did you know all trans comedians are actually the true artists? Uh, was... I did learn that from Dave Chappelle. Ah, yes. Yeah, there's, <laughs> certainly performance artists. <laughs> there's, there's a clip that someone responded to that, that random leftist weirdos were sharing, and, um, well, let's let's... Give the trans community a chance to clap back uh, with their incredible, witty stand-up. Conservatives like to say about trans women specifically, they say, when we dig up your bones in a hundred years, we're going to be able to tell you're a man. (laughs) Bitch, when you dig up my bones in a hundred years, that will be the least of your issues. (laughs) They're going to be like, this dude had weird sex with other dudes. Twink skeleton is fucked up. <laughs> what did he do to his butt? I mean, to uh-huh. be fair, she's not—he's not funny. But, well, but exactly, it's a very convincing transition to a female comedian. I would quite like to be there with the archaeologists making when well, they make those statements because that would be a laugh. Where you're just all around being like, "Man, what a!" <laughs> it's like comedy is premised on an observation about reality that very few people say. Therefore, breaking a taboo and diffusing tension. It's about surprise. Yeah. Didn't refute any of the so-called conservative claim there about anthropology not caring. I, I suppose in this person's defense, they're not trying to. They're just... Hmm. Loud equals funny. Yeah. Yeah. Like they're, not, they're not necessarily acting in response to Dave Chappelle. But that's, that's the skill of a comedian. Though. <clears throat> that's how you actually find out who's got comedic skills or not, is do they understand comedy? Yes. There is actually something to learn. Can't wait for this person's Netflix special. But anyway, the reason I move on to this one, this was this was deleted actually and archived. Um, the title Dave Chappelle goes after disabled community in the dreamer. So what well, not really? He went after like one specific disabled person. <laughs> Could you imagine to be actually did? What is that so? Or it's just like that cripples, am I right? <laughs> <laughs> Dave Chappelle's walks on the stage says, I'm sick of the disabled. <laughs> I think I don't really know what that set would be, but I would watch it. It's just a declaration of war. (laughs) But the the specific bit he's referring to... You've had it too good for far too long. (laughs) He's referring to Madison Cawthorn. Right. That's that's an extended bit in the special. Right, okay. Who was a congressman, was specifically, we'll get into why in a moment, who was paralyzed in a car accident in 2014 and still was a member of Congress. He's making specific jokes about the fact that Madison Cawthorn, shortly before he was primary denounced from Congress, said, you wouldn't believe it, guys. There's a lot of drug-fueled orgies going on in Congress and they tried to make me complicit and take part. 
And Dave Chappelle went... Right, when he got mysteriously deselected, did he? Yeah, shocking. Wow, so weird. Dave Chappelle went, I don't believe him. He sounds like Jesse Smollett. And the reason is, who's going to invite the paraplegic to an orgy? Because he's just going to roll around snitching on everyone being resentful. Unless you prop him up on a stool because he can't feel anything below his legs and allow people to take their turn, there's no purpose having him there. Now, Madison Cawthorn actually went to the Tennessee taping of Dave Chappelle's special. His friends tipped him off about the fact that he was being made fun of. So he sat in the front row. Yeah. And Dave Chappelle didn't recognize him at first. Oh, no. And back and forth for oh, the whole no. thing. And the, the woman in here complains um, that he, he does this. And she's mystified as to why the disabled community would take this lying down. No, no pun intended. Um, had she stayed for the credits and watched it carefully, there's a photo of Dave Chappelle and Madison Cawthorn hanging out in the special. Oh, really? She would know that he's not got a problem with this, but she's rushing to the defense of a Republican senator for some reason. And they decided to interview him afterwards, and he just said, I love getting roasted by Dave Chappelle. Yeah. Oh, well, he's got a sense of humor, has he? Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Shocking, shockingly Shocking. so. Yeah. He just said this is part of being in a free country, but but there you go. Um, he also then, shortly after, went on Benny Johnson's podcast mm -hmm. and just discussed about the fact that they hung out. He was really cool and... It was basically an honor to be mocked. So I think it says a lot about the fragility of the trans community. They, they can't take one joke when this guy had a life-changing injury that left him wheelchair-bound. And he's like, great, make fun of me more. But I mean, part of it is because if you've heard of an author called Andrea Longchu. Yeah. So this author won the Nobel Literature Prize. I think it was two years ago. For their book, Females. And Females is the attempt to define woman. One of the definitions of woman was a gaping asshole waiting to be entered. <laughs> so, to men, does it? I, I, don't, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I mean, how is that unique to women? Andrea Longchu is a trans writer. Reminder. Uh, One right. of the things that Andrea Longchu says, um, I'm going to paraphrase, is that he says, to be a woman is to be like Blanche Dubois on a streetcar named Desire, to be reliant on the kindness of strangers. And it's because at any moment, if someone doesn't recognize your gender identity, you might get very, very upset. So everyone's got to tread on eggshells and recognize your pronouns at all times in case that you do something violent to yourself. And I might suggest that might be the reason why the trans community can't seem to take a joke. Maybe. I'm, I'm still just... <laughs> you know the complaint about you always reduce women to vaginas. Imagine being reduced to an arsehole. That's That's well, this is... This was, this was a Patrice O'Neill bit for his HBO special. So Patrice O'Neill was getting heckled by women in the audience. He went, let's do a thought experiment, okay, ladies? So let's say you got in a horrible train accident and the doctors were like, we have to remove your vagina right away. How would you keep your man with a two-month, I can't leave her right away because she just lost her in a vagina in a train accident, like sympathy period? Yeah. And he let them call out and she said, and one woman yelled at blowjobs. Another one yelled at anal sex, and he just went, you see what you did? You just reduced yourself to a bunch of holes, but I'm the misogynist here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's like, like, all I'm saying is that my book called Females will be distinctly less misogynistic. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of a bunch of holes, um, Benny asked Madison Cawthorn to substantiate his claims about the, yeah. Yeah, the sex honeypot. scandals. And, yeah, and he just said, okay, it was essentially a honeypot system where you'd be hanging out in a bar in DC, and some 10 out of 10 Brazilian supermodel would walk out of nowhere and walk up to you. And it's obviously a scheme to get you compromised and get dealt on politicians by foreign actors. Now, I can't believe he's still spreading this conspiracy theory because it's totally baseless. Oh, dear. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. Swalwell. Yeah, yeah anyone right. remember Eric Swalwell, the yeah. totally unremarkable... Shagged a Chinese spy somehow, doesn't matter. Named Fung Fung. Yeah. I mean, if you really wanted to play into stereotypes... He's also a bit mid, to be honest. He's very mid. He, he shat himself live on television. Do you not remember that? <laughs> he's giving an, He's giving a... a <laughs> In the hall, in the, on the conference. It's a highbrow podcast we run here, isn't it? 
<laughs> he did actually? it, not me. Yeah, he did. There's a clip of it actually. Oh, uh, he's, so he's standing there in in the Congress chamber. So there's an echo as well. Oh, he's no. talking about how Donald Trump tried to circumvent the democratic process. And he goes and he tried to <laughs> cheat an election. He goes on his high heels to try and let it out silently. So he moves in frame. All, could you imagine if that ever happened to you? I mean, you just you'd well, never live it down. Well, you'd, yeah, you'd give up on your reputation and shag Chinese spies, I guess. Yeah, um, he's still on the Homeland Security Committee, by the way. <laughs> but okay, conspiracy theory. Just joke. Absolutely yep. joke. <laughs> yeah, speaking, speaking of the jokes uh, and the Biden administration, uh, there was also this. So, Jill Biden has a press secretary for some reason because the first lady, being mad, married to the dementia-ridden monkey that's running the United States, needs to give personal statements, but okay. Um, her press secretary had to be kicked out because he tried taking gay hookups that he'd just met that evening. Why does she have a press secretary? Maybe after she called all Latinos tacos, they thought they might want to... That's an actual thing, by the way. Right, okay. She called them all breakfast tacos. They thought they might want to get her a speech right. What is happening? <laughs> <laughs> so this was this was in the NATO summit in Madrid. <laughs> Trump's like, I hate the Mexicans. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I love tacos. <laughs> <laughs> so he uh, he allegedly, according to Secret Service, brought up two unvetted hookups to the secure zone where Joe Biden was sleeping. Oh yeah, and he says no. In my defense, it was only one gay unvetted hookup. That was in the secure zone right near the president. Got a point. Yep. Definitely not right Snopes for... fact check false. Yeah. Not, not right for... It was two, one, not two. Four Pinocchios. We don't want to know where the nose goes. Um, I'm not some sort of pervert. <laughs> so just ripe for, ripe for infiltration. But again, maybe these are just marginal cases. Oh, dear. <laughs> all the White House bathrooms have glory holes now. <laughs> <laughs> well, they're all covered in coke, apparently. <laughs> I love that. I love that. It's like, oh, we found a bag of Coke in the White House. Well, that's someone's, isn't it? Yeah. You know? Oh, no, nothing more to see here. Yeah, I kind of expected Jill to actually take the rap for that. You know, like an embarrassed mother would be like, oh, that's mine, not my son's. Obviously, it's Hunter's. Yeah. Well, I mean, no, no, it's not even obvious it's Hunter's, actually. It's not even obvious. You just assume because there's so much evidence. Of but if you do find Parmesan cheese in the rug, it's Hunter. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> you must have missed a few flecks. Uh, this was an excuse from the Daily Mail as well that, that comes out just as Chappelle oh. puts Madison Cawthorn back in the. In the headlines, turns out that Russia, China, South Korea, and possibly Israel have been running brothels around uh, Washington, D.C., Boston, and the surrounding states to try and entrap politicians. Yeah. yeah. This, was, this was the yeah. plot of that film, Bad Time at the El Royale, where they implied that they had a prostitute hotel that had caught JFK and MLK oh, really? having sex with them and then recording them behind two-way mirrors. Again, just sure it's... A conspiracy theory. This is a direct quote from the intelligence services. Members of Congress, military officers, and national security contractors who possessed security clearances were among the steady customers at the high-end brothels run by a ring. Um, it was headed up by a 40-year-old South Korean woman. Hmm. Why are the South Koreans running espionage efforts on the Americans? Well, without the Americans suffering the buggered. Yeah. So, like the Israelis, keep the Americans on a leash. Yep, true. To keep the, Literally. Keep the world police on your doorstep, I suppose. So, yeah, why, why would you, though, invite a paraplegic to an orgy? I mean, again. Oh, compromat, obviously. Oh, exactly, yeah. But but let's say it was a, probably a flawed plan to have Madison Cawthorn turn up if he can't necessarily participate. So maybe Dave Chappelle's got a point. Maybe this is so outlandish, you'd never invite anyone in a wheelchair to an orgy. Oh, dear. Ah, uh, yeah. 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 Ah. Maybe the Stephen Hawking link to Jeffrey Epstein might put this in a new light this week. Why would you need to put out an offer to disprove that a, a man who's not able to move was part of an orgy? 
<laughs> I mean, it does sound a bit self-defeating <laughs> on the face of it. <laughs> yeah. Surely you, that, on face, that would look ridiculous, but no. It's like printing posters and putting them up around a local school saying, I'm definitely not on the sex offender registry. Don't worry about it. God, it's, this just goes to show just how debauched our cultures are, right? Yeah. Like this, this is what we do. It's everyone that the establishment of Elite have pushed in the last how many years have probably taken a trip on the Elite Express. But just saying, Madison Cawthorn might might be onto just a little bit. Yeah, of apart something. from one good guy who's just like, "Hey guys, they're all disgusting." Did you know that? And it's like, right, you're out. Yeah, <laughs> I deselected, gone. Sorry. It's like, oh, okay. Well, I trust him then. There's a reason Henry Cavill probably can't get work pretty much in all the big franchises now, and it's probably because he's not on the Epstein client list, for example. Well, apparently he's supposed to be doing something with Amazon for 40k, which I'm worried about because it's Amazon. Sorry. Yeah, they. They butchered Lord of the Rings, didn't they? So, so that's Dave Chappelle. Um, how has Ricky Gervais upset the establishment recently? Now, I, I will say, Ricky Gervais actually seems like a decent bloke. I like him personally. Yeah, I don't think he's travelled on the Louisa Express. No, no, I, I, I don't either. I, I, I seem to remember his Golden Globe speech, yeah. particularly indicting everyone for, for doing that. Uh, we'll mention the Golden Globes momentarily, but I, I don't really find his stand-up that funny. And I did watch the recent special, it's Armageddon. It's a bit like Gen X, atheist... I'm still on the left, but look at these wokesters who have gone too far, humor. So it's certainly not my crowd. But important point you made in your last uh, segment, if it's elevating the conscience of the normies who are a bit behind the times to get closer to where we are, I'll take the win. Yeah. I don't mind it. Um, I, mean, I quite like Ricky Gervais. I don't know why. I just, I'm obsessed with all of his work. So I'm going to enjoy it. Right. Uh, I will play a clip then to, to delight you, because this was the actual funny bit that I found. Um, he decided to tackle illegal migration, which was, which was quite good. Well, I am woke now, and I can prove it. Here you go. I love illegal immigrants. Yeah, sue me now. I, sometimes I go down to Dover for the day, right? And I, I look out, right? I look, look for a boat, and I see a dinghy with about 60 of them, and I go over here, like, right? And I pull them in, I pull them into shore, and I go, women and children first. They go, there are no women and children. Just you lads, is it? Just come on, lads. Come on, lads. If I go down there one day and there's no boat, I am absolutely fucking gutted. I don't I just sort of wander into town and I stand by the traffic lights and I wait for a big lorry to pull up, right? And I look underneath and there's a lad sort of clutching like that. And I go, where are you headed? And he goes, Gary Lineker's house. I go, it's just down there. <laughs> so that bit was pretty good. I mean, yeah. I'll, I'll give him that. The Guardian didn't give either of them it, though. Um, <clears throat> Are we surprised? Who could, who could be surprised at that? Unfunny business. Dave Chappelle and Ricky Gervais sink to new depths. Um, they're not even saying they're not funny, though. They're, they're critiquing them for being ideological enemies. Yes, quite. Uh, Dave Chappelle has a bit in his latest special about the Titanic submersible. And he says, I'm going to do an impression of the people from the original Titanic watching the submersible explode. And he just holds his nose and goes, come join me in my watery grave. And I feel that the new depths are what The Guardian is thinking they're sinking mm. to there. But, but there you go. So I just thought we'd read a quote from this. Chappelle starts his set with an extended anecdote about meeting Jim Carrey on the set of Man of the Moon, demanding everyone treating him as the person he's pretending to be, Andy Kaufman. And then comes a punchline that's pretty much what trans people act like. It's a hilariously embarrassing juxtaposition. Chappelle's solemn artist wind-up is followed by the opening volley of a belabored yet low-effort hack work, and it tells viewers everything they need to know about the coming hour. He's been never been more self-involved or less funny. His latest material, a flimsy dismissal of his past transgressions that doubles down on the laziest of them at the same time. Salt. Yeah, it's just pure unmitigated cope about the fact that you white can't noise. write jokes as well. <clears throat> you just utter white noise from these people at this point. Yeah, but it is nice to see, and like we saw in the previous one, 
so many high profile people just coming out and openly staking them. No, we're against you completely. You're just wrong on everything. Go away. You have no power anymore. Yeah. And the criticisms are just landing on deaf ears, clearly, because otherwise they wouldn't keep winning awards and keep getting specials and the like. Yeah. And then, of course, they do wind up Ricky Gervais and they say, Ricky Gervais, peddling unsophisticated thoughts, no longer credible as the funny man, nor atheist smart aleck. <laughs> no. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Ricky, Ricky Gervais, multi-million dollar Netflix special, no longer credible as a funny man. Says The Guardian. Sorry, Charles The Guardian. Charles Bromesco. Shut up, Charles. Who I'm I'm sure his Looking forward to your has. Netflix special. I'm sure they just have them rolling. Wendy's little program, see what she's got to say. <laughs> Even so, he works up an intellectual sweat, contriving circumstances that allow him to say naughty words with impunity. Contriving circumstances. Yeah. Just standing on the edge of the shores at Dover and watching grown men come over in the... Th- but okay, contrived. If, if ever that happened. Yeah, contrived, and also The Guardian, we should keep letting it happen. Like one of those online weirdos demanding to know whether you'd use a racial slur if it was the only way of stopping a bomb. Would it be acceptable to make fun of a child for being disabled if we knew they were also a bigot? I mean, that is kind of funny, because it, like you guys do tie yourselves in pretzels trying to avoid that question. Like, it's, as much as it's, you say it's contrived, you wouldn't do it, though, would you? Like, say a dirty bomb was planted in the middle of London, and to deactivate the AI that's doing it, you had to say a racial slur. You wouldn't. So... Yeah, it's kind of funny, actually, because your ideology has led you to such a position where you literally kill yourselves before you say a naughty word. Like, it's okay. Very, very silly. Yeah. Um, also, no wonder they don't find it funny, because I saw this recently. Uh, turns out that 81% of all political late-night show jokes in 2023 targeted conservatives. Oh, really? What a surprise. So that's, that's hilarious. You know, relentless clatter that yeah. you can predict the punchline from a bloody mile away. That's, that's fine, because it serves regime interests. But actual jokes, not the case. So... It was a little bit delightful um, that he then won the Golden Globe for, for the stand-up that he did that right. annoyed everyone, which is funny. Yeah, but that's also interesting. Yeah, because two years ago, he did that speech at the Golden Globes and called yeah. them pedophiles. Yeah, yeah, no, that's, that's very interesting. Yeah. Because, I mean, five years ago, he would just have been cancelled. He would yes. just been like, you know, you're never winning a Golden Globe. You're never being, you know, you're not getting Netflix special, blah, blah, blah. But now... He's winning awards. Yeah. The Guardian see them. Quite. And, and so this is why, and it's a bit of an outlandish prediction. I don't think it's going to come true. Okay. Uh, but this is why Ricky Gervais just tweeted out that because they're the top two on Netflix, they should just both co-host the Oscars together. They should. And uh, I don't think Will Smith is going to get up and slap those two. <laughs> Let's be honest. So just a bit of fun, mocking the establishment, being incapable of taking a joke. Um, Hope for more Netflix specials in this vein, I suppose. But don't sign up to Netflix. Honestly, I'm wondering if 2024 is the year we break the back of this thing, finally. Uh, not given what Star Wars is going to come out with. Yeah, but that's, that's going to tank. Isn't it? Yeah, but all the other ones tanked as well. Remember last time? We not were... entirely. They, they, the first ones did fairly well, and then they went down. But sorry. Remember when we were at the Witten, and yeah. I think you were with me, we were walking back to have some lunch or something, and one of the guys there just went, yeah, this really is not cool anymore, even for the kids. What, the like, woke stuff? Yeah, it totally feels it's even reached the adults now. It's just like, oh, God, go away. Yeah. No one really even wants to give up the pretense. Have you like, seen the Gen too Z? too poor and miserable. Have you seen the Gen Z graphs of 18 to 20-year-old men versus women? And the women are going incredibly progressive, and that's mainly because they're on birth control from like 14. But the men are complete opposite. They're trending like 30 points higher towards yeah. the right, whatever that's going to mean. So, <coughs> anyway. Look at this happy chap. Doesn't he look serious? Yeah. He looks kind of happy. 
Okay. <laughs> this uh, very jolly fellow is an Anglo-Saxon king called Ethelred the Unready. Mm. I thought we'd talk about him just very briefly. Uh, Ethelred, the, the, the name, means elf council, which is also, is to mean I'm being counseled by the elves, which means I have wise, intellectual, good counsel. And uh, unready means bad counsel. So well counseled. That's what I meant unready. No, no, that's the thing. It's, it, no, it, the, the meaning has changed over a thousand years uh. since he reigned. Right. So the, it's a pun, a thousand year old pun that, you know, oh, his wise counsel, the bad counsel, right? Because of the decisions that he made. So in the late 10th century, Ethelred uh, becomes king of England, which is constantly beset by Viking invasions. And in 994, he decides to pay 22,000 pounds of gold and silver to the Vikings as a price of peace. How long do you think that bought? How much peace do you think that bought? One year. Three years. Oh. 19, uh, no, no, 1997. <laughs> Something happened. <laughs> well, actually. The Danish returned. <laughs> actually, that is exactly how. <laughs> so, yeah, in 997 and in 1997, the raids began again. Uh, they happened all over you know, like the south of England uh, in 998, 999. It's Kent. And in year 1000, eventually they go back because the English suddenly refuse to start paying the tribute. But in 1001, uh, a fleet, possibly the same one, we have no idea, comes back and starts ravaging again. And so we buy another truce for 24,000 pounds of gold and silver. This is a huge amount of wealth in this time. Uh, I'm reading, for, I'm citing the Wikipedia page, and they're like, well, Alfred the Great did the same thing. It's like, eh, not really. Alfred the Great, temp Alfred the Great bought, uh, he did pay off some of the Danes but it was to buy himself some time to raise an army. Right? So uh, anyway, so it, by 1007, uh, another expedition came, 36,000 pounds of gold and silver. So 100,000 pounds or nearly coming up to that. I'm sure that uh, and then again, in 1009, more Danes have been like, hang on a second, are the English just giving away money? Yeah, they are. And so Ethelred gives him 48,000 pounds of gold and silver. Then swine forkbeards, like, hey, the English are just giving away money. Good point. So in 1013, he comes over. And eventually, uh, he ends up fighting with Ethelred. Uh, Ethelred loses, flees to Normandy. Uh, then he dies, and King Canute fights with his uh, protege, Edmund Ironside, who loses. Well, not loses. It's kind of a stalemate, but then he dies as well. And so Canute becomes king of England. And so what have we learned from this? That you can't reason or barter with some peoples because they will just see it as an ability to exploit you. Some people only respond to shows of force. Yes. If you had taken that 100,000 pounds of gold and silver and raised a massive army, then you'd still be king of England. Right? That's what we've learned. And uh, there, are, there are people going, well, how so? We learned about this from the Anglo-Saxon Chronicle. How do you know that's true? Well, actually, we do know it's true. Because actually, that's Ethelred's face on a coin. That coin is one of many that exist in the... Museums of Oslo, Copenhagen, and Stockholm. They took tons and tons of Ethelred's money and still came back and fought him. Right? So paying off these people, paying the Dane Geld, does not work. I'd love to hear this from the Danish and Norwegian perspective. Because imagine you go to the museum and you learn about your ancestors went to England. The English just gave the money to go away. So then they well, they didn't just go to England. They were ravaging. No, but I, I love the idea. It's just like, 
wow, the English are really stupid. Yeah. How the hell did they get an empire and not us? Well, this is before the empire. No, no, but I'm saying a modern Dane who goes to the museum oh, yeah. and read about this. I mean, for us, it's an embarrassment. Yes. But for a Dane looking at this, must be like, what the f? Are you yeah. serious? Well, I mean, no wonder we kept going back. Yeah. They're <laughs> just giving us tons of money in addition to anything that we could steal. Um, anyway, so moving forward a thousand years, the Norwegians have learned nothing from Ethelred. Oh. And so they decided what we're going to do is start paying uh, £6,200 for a couple of two children, obviously like £2,000 uh, for individual singletons for them to uh, go home. And we're going to pay for the flights as well. And uh, in 20, that was in 2015. In 2017, the Danes, this is not shown in the headline, but the Dan- Denmark was offering $18,000. So was that about £15,000 for them to go home? Interestingly, Bob, as the article frames, paying refugees to fly home. Yes. So if we're acknowledging that you can go home, yes. yeah. how were you a refugee? Well, in 2019, Denmark officially declared Syria not a war zone. Right. So why are any Syrian refugees left, right? Mm. But uh, anyway, it keeps going. Uh, this is Sweden. As you can see down here, they're paying uh, 30,000 Swedish kroner, which is about 2,300 pounds or 5,700 pounds for a family. Uh, somewhere down there. There we go. The amount of support for them to go home. And uh, the Germans are doing the same. So I just find it hilarious. Hilarious that a thousand years later, it's like, yeah, we're going to pay the Dengels. That'll work. That's how you get rid of unwanted invaders, isn't it? I might just hop on Skyscanner and find a flight for 100 quid, loiter about for a bit, and yeah. get, get 2400 back. Yeah. So, how's it going? Did it work? Well, not according to the UN Refugee Agency. It says the number of forcibly displaced and stateless people in Europe rose to 21.8 million in 20, by the end of 2022. So I know a guy who did this. It was the shopkeeper in Afghanistan, and it was quite a funny conversation mm-hmm. because he said he left his um, family behind in Afghanistan to just have fun because he <laughs> knew everyone else was going to Europe and they'd invited us. He heard Mama Merkel make her speech. Yep. So he went all the way to the Netherlands and he lived and was showing me pictures of all the, yep. he saw the Eiffel Tower, he saw the Reichstag, you know, all the way up through Europe. He's taking pictures, smiling and whatnot. He was like, yeah, it was great. It was, you know, a hell of a lad's holiday. <laughs> I bet it was. I bet it's exactly what Svein Borkbeard was saying. And when he got to the Netherlands, um, they then offered to send him back to Afghanistan. And they paid for the flight and they gave him 2,000 euros. So he said, yeah, it was great. <laughs> I literally what? got a return flight for free. What's 2,000 euros worth in bloody Afghanistan? A lot of salary. Yeah. So he was then able to use that money to start a business in Afghanistan as well. So he got a free lad's holiday and a free business out of it. Yeah. And... There are more refugees in Europe than ever. And I can't buy a house. You can't buy a house. And also your tax money is paying for these people. I, I do, but I, on that note, I do find it, it's not shocking framing from the UN, which is the most subversive organization on the planet we need to fund, sure. but the number of forcibly displaced and stateless people. Yeah. Right. Number one, they're not forcibly displaced if they're hopping a dinghy, but obviously you don't want to care and lie about that, but stateless people. The thing is, there's, the, there's a government paying them, so they have a new state, and it's one of your satellite states, but aren't, aren't we told that they're like the new Germans, and they, all of their income comes from yeah. the German state? So they're not stateless, actually. They're like the barnacles on, on the particular ship. Yeah. So about four and a half, so 4.7 million of them in total are Ukrainians, which, fair enough, mm. you know, there's an actual war going on in Ukraine. But what about the rest? 
What about the rest? Well, the EU have given us a nice breakdown. Uh, so I'm not going to go through. I'm just going to read out because it's a long thing. But uh, based on the data from the UN uh, Refugee Agency, uh, they say all around the world there were 36.4 million refugees at mid-2023. So Europe, uh, accounting for like 15% of the world's landmass, mm. hosts a third of all the refugees. Right. Okay. Uh, in 2022, the asylum seekers came from 140 countries. And there is a massive war going on that I'm not aware of. <laughs> I mean, like, God bless the people of India. I don't know how they're surviving. Like, oh, that's a great point. I never thought of it like, like that. <laughs> I, I, just, I just can't get over. Um, I'm going to find some of the charts in here. Uh, it World does. War III started. We had no idea. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I, look, I mean, it's, it's just mad how like stuff's going down, right? But uh, but anyway, <laughs> yeah. Well, hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on. Go on. Legal migration, yeah. Irregular, yeah. Well, no, it's regular because it happens to the tune of millions every year. So we we can and, we can and they, consistently they, plot they, it. They talk about the migrant routes as well, which are basically established like the bloody Silk Road at this point. Yeah. So yeah, it's not even irregular. But what they mean is illegal, right? Um, but uh, but anyway, uh, nearly a million applications, including eight hundred seventy-seven thousand first-time applications, were lodged in the EU only in twenty twenty-two which is an increase of 52% in comparison to the year before. Man, that day girl's just working brilliantly because those guys get home, they go, what, the English is it's fine. You've got how much? Right, I'm going as well, right? Uh, and the EU granted protection to 383,000 of them. So they gave the time to 383,000. So we, can, we could say that maybe they are the legitimate ones. So nearly two. Th I mean, we're not going to, but no, let's, no, no, no. But, e but even even on their own numbers, nearly two thirds of them are just grifters. I mean, do you remember when last week we mentioned how Sunak was saying he brought the asylum yeah, yeah, payment list down I, and he I, just approved yeah. fifty thousand of them? I know, but even in the most charitable, by their own, like you know, like you can imagine they're in some very well lit white room, being like, "Well, yeah, I mean, three hundred forty thousand were accepted." Well, that means two thirds were total grifters, then, right? Two thirds were not legitimate. What are they doing here? Why did they come? You know, because you're giving them free money. That's why they came, right? Uh, and at the end of July 2023, there were nearly a million applications pending, which is 25% more than the year earlier. Amazing. So you've got a bigger backlog with more of them coming. How is this happening? Right? And it keep, carries on, right? Obviously, illegal crossings are up, like the illegal border crossings are up like 20%, 18% compared to the same period of the last year, blah, blah, blah. And so it's like, right, okay, well, what are we doing about those... Um, <laughs> the, the Danes that have arrived that shouldn't be here. Well, they say in 2022, 431,000 non-EU citizens were ordered to leave the EU. Ethelred shuffles up to the Viking host. You have to go. No, they don't. This is not going to surprise you. Do you want to know how many were returned out of the 400,000? Zero. 76,000. So near zero. Near zero, yeah. Yeah, I mean, just about an eighth. About yeah, yeah, yeah. hundred percent of those people should be gone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, this is seventeen percent of all return decisions. So <laughs> they they decided right, four hundred thousand of you can go, and seventeen percent of them actually left, which decreased from the eighteen percent in twenty twenty one. So the number of them being forcibly removed is going down. The number of them coming is going up. If you, illegal migrants were a stock. You would invest it. I would definitely invest in them because uh, you'd, yeah. make... you'd be richer than if you'd invested in Bitcoin. Yes. Well, I think if you had a 17% chance of being convicted of murder, 
you'd do a lot more murdering, wouldn't you? Yeah. They're just OJ not Simpson, get 1997. <laughs> <laughs> There'd just be a lot more murder because you're just not going to get caught. What do you think is going to happen when you just don't enforce the law? So again, just I just have to make the points that, I mean, look at some of these, right? In 2023, 45% of all applications from Syria were lodged in Germany. Uh, in 2019, Denmark was like, yeah, no, no, Syria is a safe country now. ISIS is vanquished. There's no longer a war going on. Why, why in 2023 are Syrians applying for asylum in Germany? Right? What about Bangladesh? Oh, yeah, that, well, we'll get to that, right? Application from Turkey. From, sorry, from Turkey. Yes. Yeah. I've been on holiday. So have I. Many times. Like, so do the Turks. Yeah, exactly. So <laughs> the Turks. Exactly. Right. What are Turks making applicants in Austria? You can see there. Like, what, what are you doing? Right. But um, yeah, Afghanistan. Okay, fair enough. There was something going on in Afghanistan. No. Right. You've got other things like that. Calvin goes there on holiday. Venezuela. No, sincerely, they can go back. It's there's fine. no war going on in Venezuela. But um, yeah, where was the Bangladesh one? There we go. Second. Yeah. yeah. Bangladesh. 63, uh, 68% of all applications for refugee status or asylum were from Bangladesh were lodged in Italy. They're just on holiday in the Med. Yeah, literally. Hang on. If you apply for asylum, you Bangladeshi can get... Bangladeshi Italian relations. Yeah, <laughs> they're going to give you money. Like, what war is going on in Bangladesh? There hasn't uh, been one since uh, separation. One on sanitation? Obviously, there's no war. You know, there's no war in Pakistan, but we've got a bunch of asylees in India. Yeah, hold in on. Italy. Yeah, Pakistan. Like, exactly. What are you doing? You know, this is obviously a grift. This is obviously that they know that they'll get your money. Anyway. Uh, so, yeah, just drawing from this, right? They say uh, in October 2023, EU countries, and they, say, they call it EU plus, right? Which includes Norway and Switzerland. Just good news from Norway and Switzerland. Oh, we want the Norway deal. No, we don't want the Norway deal, okay? Uh, but they received 123,000 asylum applications marking for the second month in a row the highest level since the refugee crisis in 2015-2016. The Danegel doesn't work. This has been, again, we know this because we're English, but you should know this because you were the Raiders. <laughs> it, it gets you even more depress depressing as well, because on this EU Plus document, mm -hmm. leaves us off. Egyptian refugees. Okay. What is an Egyptian refugee? Tunisian refugee. Get out! Well, they got rid of their dictator as well. Yeah. Like years ago. So, I mean, I, I, at least Egypt how has a dictator back in charge. Moroccan refugees in Austria. This is madness. Obvious nonsense. Well, Saudi front, maybe? Only, only 20% of all people of foreign-born origin in Austria contribute to the economy. No kidding. Yeah. I'm surprised that I. Um, Anyway, of course, and I love, I love, they say, given current trends, we haven't got the data for the end of 2023 yet because we're only on the eighth day of 2024, but they reckon it'll be a million plus applications uh, in 2023 in the EU. And Syrians continue to lodge by far the most applications by October 2023, plus Turkish applications continue to soar. A million across the whole EU. Yeah. Again. In one year. To, in one year. To be depressing and put it in context, we are not a tenth of the EU's landmass. We do have a tenth of their total asylum applications. Every yeah. And these aren't evenly spread, of course. These are to the wealthy areas. You'll, you'll notice that, I mean, you've got here Latvia, uh, 
can't see any on the Latvian line. Oh, maybe no, that's just from the previous one. That's, that's, that's Italy. Latvian. Poland, yep. Poland Why have Latvia. There's Poland literally zero on Latvia. Poland have a little bit from Russia. <laughs> Luxembourg hasn't got much. You know, Norway hasn't got much. I suppose Poland's got a little bit. You know, interesting, interesting. Anyway, <clears throat> uh, the backlog is of course growing. Uh, more than a million asylum key cases are awaiting decisions. And uh, this means that we're paying them money to exist while the backlog happens. So they're living large on our money and just enjoying themselves. Eventually, we'll literally pay them to go home where their friend will say, where'd you get all that money? I went to Germany. I went to Norway. I went to Sweden. I went to, I went to Europe. I went to Italy. And I stayed there for a year. And it was you know, lovely. You know, I sat there in a cafe every day eating at the expense of the European. And then they paid me to come home with a nice lump sum. And he'll be like, wow, I'm definitely not doing that. That would be terrible. The, the historical framing of this, though, is really pertinent because other than an invading army that you're hoping to not meet on the battlefield, mm -hmm. you wouldn't pay a foreigner. You would, you, no, uh, you wouldn't. Other, other than in the post-war consensus or, or a charitable organization of the Victorian era, you wouldn't pay people to just exist and get the means of subsistence. Yeah. But you would be more concerned about providing for your own family. And given yeah. the cost of housing and everything at the moment, and the fact that our country is being directly immiserated by welfare schemes such as this, yeah. you'd think a little bit more dispassion and indifference would be good if the politicians were interested in serving the people of this country. Yeah, I mean, under what circumstances does the average Danish family have to be in for them to just get a lump sum of $18,000 from the Danish government? It will never happen. And yet, these random strangers who have broken into your country, the Danish government is just going to give them your money in, and hope they never come back. And that doesn't bring all of their friends over. It's like, sorry, that's creating a privileged class of people over the, the, the literally the Danish taxpayer has to bear, bear on their shoulders. I mean, we're the same, of course, with our bloody migrant hotels and whatnot. Did you see that some of the people that are in the migrant hotels in the UK went home for Christmas? They were allowed to fly home and come back for Christmas. Amazingly, celebrating Christmas. Uh, uh, yeah, that's exactly. The number one, one. <laughs> number one, mostly Muslims. So why that specific time of year? Number two, <laughs> they don't celebrate. Yep. It well, is exactly. Why would they? Yep. Number two. If you're fleeing a war zone, why are you going back to visit for a jolly? But this is why Malay is doing so great. It's like, oh, I've discovered that loads of people on benefits have gone on holiday, so they're all gone. Yep. It's like 180,000 people. You went on a plane, you're not allowed benefits. It's like, good. Absolutely. Totally agree. Or we should just do what the Lebanese have done recently. So this year, they're just forcing them to go home. It's just literally, no, Syria is not a war zone anymore. That looks like an orc vehicle. It does look like an orc vehicle. Um, Lebanon has summarily and illegally deported hundreds of Syrian refugees since uh, May 2023, this was, uh, because uh, people are annoyed that the politicians keep saying, well, they're um, bankrupting us, actually. Um, according to March, uh, the, there were one point, uh, according to the um, Humanitarian Affairs UN office, there were 1.2 million Syrian refugees living in Lebanon, okay, at the expense of the Lebanese, and there is no war in Syria now. Therefore, they can go home. And so the Lebanese are really just following the example of Alfred the Great, which is use force, right? If you use force, these people don't come back. And it was only literally like two, three generations after Alfred had died that the Vikings decided to try their luck again and found Ethelred on the throne, very incompetent and willing to pay them lots of money. So you just have to simply just put them on the planes and deport, deport these people. And then the person... When they get back to the homeland, they go, oh, I have no, I just got thrown out. So it really was your stuff. Ah, still now, I just got thrown out. Okay, I'm not going there. Boom, done. Problem over. 
do not pay the Dane girls. And on that note, let's go to video comments. RobertArtStudio.com here, painting a future without cancer. I hope that's not too cringe. <laughs> I I wanted to ask you guys, um, how do you believe that art has the power to shape moral and ethical values? Um, speaking as an artist trying to raise money for the brain cancer for people with... <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Speaking as an artist trying to raise money through my art for people suffering from brain cancer, as I am. Thank you to everyone, by the way, who has followed me on Instagram. I really appreciate it. Um, you guys are awesome, and I really appreciate you. Okay, first thing, that's not cringe. That's, oh. a good, that's a good feature that we want to see. But secondly, art is how we transmit stories about what is and is not moral. Like it's the fun. It's it's how we learn most of what we do. I mean, even. From the most ancient times, every myth and legend is really a moral story about instruction as a, as a representation of reality of what will happen given certain circumstances and the moral effects that come from it. So it's incredibly powerful. I mean, it's, it, it's so much more powerful than just didactically telling someone this is right, this is wrong. You know, it doesn't sit in, it doesn't give them a frame of reference. It doesn't give them something to actually map onto reality and say, oh, this is like when Achilles did this. This is like when Beowulf did this. That's exactly the point of art, frankly. Yeah. So it's profoundly important and keep going. It's it's a playground to let ideas play out and die so that they don't kill you in the real world. But it, yeah, but it's also a, a way of teaching future generations yeah. representatively. This is what happens in reality. And so if you follow this particular path, you can expect that kind of predictable consequence. Um, have you done anything on Plato versus Aristotle's conception of art? before because it might be a worthwhile thing to compare the poetics to maybe some of the um, yeah i mean i i haven't done a specific comparison to plato from aristotle but um yeah i mean plato had a much more um uh totalitarian view of yes. art um he wanted all art poetry banned except for those things that are officially approved by the state in mm -hmm. the republic uh that would just continually pronounce the greatness of the public basically the closest approximate thing to the form as well yeah. The, the accusation well, yeah. was too derivative. Um, but, uh, but yeah, Aristotle's got a much more normal interpretation of these things, a much richer and humane version. Anyway, what? I'm just thinking of ancient Greek North Korea. I mean, it just sounds oh. like a funny thing to visit. Have you never read The Republic? No, it's like a billion pages. No, it's not. Yeah, it is. No, it's not. It's really not. Are you thinking of different books, then? Well, Plato's Republic, it's not a billion pages like that, because most things written in the ancient world aren't. It's very long. It's not that long. For Callum, it's long. Callum doesn't okay. read books. Maybe for Callum. He likes reading. But, it's, it's, anyway. it's also not like that. Like, it, okay, it's, it's not that. It's substantive. Like, it's yeah. it's Look normal. Up. It's not like, yeah, but I'm thinking of Gibbon or something, right? Like, it's, not, it's not that long. It's not the Dark 172. Tower. Yeah. Yeah, okay, well, it's not that big. Yeah. All right, moving on. Get, get an audio book of it. Yeah, it's a blueprint for totalitarian. Yeah, yeah, but basically he literally... I don't wants, need more of that in my world. He, he literally <laughs> wants to set up like a regimented caste society with a group of philosopher kings at the top just being big brains. Yeah. It, he admits to lying to people about their genetic predestination in life as well. He's like, the metallurgic system is going to be enforced on everyone, but it's also bollocks. Yeah. Anyway, to the next one. So I've come across various articles saying that they're now using necrobotics dead organisms as robotic components to help teach medical students. One article I found on LinkedIn even said, among other things, that they're using robotic cadavers 
and teleoperatic learning to help students learn remotely using anatomically accurate cadavers. What am I going to say? Uh, well, this would be something about being demonic. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. Have you heard about the robot war machines that consume um, dead bodies as fuel? Yes. Sounds awful similar. Can we well, not create all I'm just saying is like when, when C.S. Lewis is like, well, we, we keep calling this stuff mere nature. Actually, it's a bit more important than that. Uh, maybe he's right, actually. Yeah. The next one. Hi there, everyone. It's been a while, There's and I probably robots. won't be posting anything really interesting for a while, so just know I'm here in the background listening. Life has a way of coming at you pretty hard and fast sometimes, but don't worry. I'm fine. All right, fair enough. Well, whatever it is, I hope it gets better. Yeah, uh, see you on the. Yeah, it could be good soon, as well. Man. It could be. I mean, it didn't sound like he just won the lottery. Like Maybe I'm... I don't. <laughs> I think it would have had a bit of a brighter tone. The yeah. thing is, I'm kind of, I'm kind of hoping that 2024 is our year, right? The past, past it's been years, right so far. Yeah, exactly. I mean, we're only eight days in, so it's been pretty great so far. But like, you know, last year was terrible. The year before wasn't great. The year before that wasn't great. The year before that wasn't great. Come on, let's have some wins in 2024. That's what I want to see. The next one. Guys, I just wanted to show you right behind me. I do live in Narnia. This is so pretty. I can't get over it. That is pretty. Yeah. It's like a Ghibli backdrop. Yeah. Now give us back the Ethelred Ethel, Ethel coins. Let's go next one. Hello and Happy New Year. For those who haven't decided yet on a New Year's resolution, I'd like to point out there are no rules that state your resolution cannot be for something evil. Mine is to continue to send in workout videos and remind you Lotus Eaters, especially the ones over 40, that exercise is important. The under 40s should strive to at least bench more than the average vegan activist. I don't care if women ultimately want to settle down with one, no man should be comfortable being described as a human UG. Very, very, very true. Yes. We, we need to do Lotus Eaters fitness content at some point. I will drag people to the gym. It'll be great. All right. comments. The Crusader says, is that a Ken mug that Connor's casually sipping from there? My mum thinks she's funny. So I can feel the Kennedy from here. You're welcome. It should, I, have, it should have won the Golden Globe, but they wouldn't let us have it. Yeah, but didn't I explain the tragedy of being Ken? No, you're a Gen X. You just didn't get it. No. The, Ken is locked into a losing position. He can't win. He is. But he gets so close to winning oh, the, that it's aspirational. Yeah, I, 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 can, I can come Don't. very close to winning and then lose. Oh, you mean like Hector in the yeah. Iliad? That, that you, in, in our conversation, you said he Look, was the true hero of it. I, so. I'm not saying that Hector isn't a tragic uh, hero. And, so and he, Yeah, but I'm, I'm saying really we should be the winners, right? We want to be winners. We don't want to be... Sure, but we aren't the winners at the moment, so we need a template to going through the longhouse before we burn it down. But Ken can't get that. This is the gayest shit I have to listen to. <laughs> you haven't seen the movie? Watch yeah. it. It's good. I've seen it. It's not that good. It's good. I enjoyed it. Um, I'm drinking your tears. <laughs> the Crusader. Oh, are we live? Classic Callum. <laughs> <coughs> Omar says, I demand pay equality between the women's football teams and the 13 and 40-year-old boys who can thrash them 8-0. That's a great point. Mm -hmm. Why aren't those lads who are yeah, th literally thrashing them 8-0 Getting paid the same, eh? Lord Nerevar says, it's really heartening to see the, the support for Joey Barton. I thought the same thing about um, Conor McGregor as well, to be honest. Like, you know, yeah, no, I want to see lots of normies being like, yeah, screw the woke establishment, you know? 
Uh, two years ago, he would have been publicly crucified, had his career raised to the ground, and he'd be forgotten about or, uh, but by all but his biggest supporters. Now everyone can see the character assassination going on, and they're not having it. Make no mistake, the tide is turning. Take heart. Cancellation only works if your side does it. Yeah, yeah, no, that's totally true. Matt says, is this England's McGregor? Um, seems to be, yeah. <laughs> no, probably not. <laughs> Come well, on. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, is it not? <laughs> not running for, like, president of England or something. That's not happening. Not yet. It's just having a laugh. So <laughs> Yeah, but he's in the first sort of stages of being like, hey. Oh, Jerry Barton, they're all Nazis. <laughs> 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 Take him down. <laughs> uh, what are you going to do, vote Tory after New that? Brexit party candidate, Jerry Barton. <laughs> his, his immigration policy, kick it out. <laughs> <laughs> the, the memes write themselves, man. Yeah. You know, three million followers on Twitter. Come on, why not? Let's get him elected. Uh, Arizona Desert Rat says that football player is both highly amusing and a little bit wacko. Either he'll make the media collapse or it'll turn on his head. Yes. And if this, if that really uh, is how sports commentators talk in the UK, she's flat and emotionless. Even the women commentators in the US have more animation. At least try to get to know the sport. Apparently, she was a professional footballer. That is, when my dad has watched the football, the football commentators are rather dry and half asleep. It's very different to the UFC. Like the UFC, the reactions of Cormier and Rogan go viral for a meme. You know, it's for a reason. Sophie says, well, you see, if we only have a black woman presenting and suddenly all of these billions of black women across the planet who never ever had an interest in the English football before will suddenly be interested in it and get the viewer numbers up because that's how it works. It works so well for Hollywood. All of those billions of black queer lesbians sure showed up to make Hollywood more successful than ever before. Great point. Well, that's, that's why they can't build bridges in the Congo. They're too busy watching football. <laughs> Rick says, they scream out in pain as they strike you and they invoke everyone while they're excluding you. I see the basic principles are still being applied. The same principle is projecting onto their enemies what they themselves are guilty of. It's good to know that we can at least uh, identify them by their actions every single time. Uh, Karambit says, okay, and this Karambit's our resident maths nerd, uh, 19 divided by 40 is less than half so that's about one goal every despite that, that's gonna have one goal every 2.1 games you worth this diversity higher good lord this has got my autism in full swing now thanks <laughs> it's just one one a game and Nick Karambit <laughs> Matt says genuinely that is uh, have you not seen, I'll send you the David Lammy mastermind thing it's so good there was a bit on I think it was MSNBC and it was to do with the I think it was the stimulus checks or something like that and it was some billionaire and he said oh he's donated 300 million dollars um, oh this that's is Diane not, Abbott wasn't it oh, no no, no so some, some black female news host and she said yeah. that's enough to give every American a million dollars yeah womp womp Diane Abbott had the same thing on, I think she was talking to Nick Ferrara in LBC, where she was like, we're, we're hiring X number, of, I can't remember how many it was, um, and we're, we're, we're spending £300,000. And he's like, I'm not you paying them, <laughs> except be about three, three grand each, you know? So anyway, maths aside, let's move on. Matt says, uh, we won't need to wait 100 years to realize that the transgenders are all mentally ill and that man-made horrors have been inflicted on kids. The trans stuff is low-hanging fruit and it will be uh, the first to fall as a sacrificial layer to the mm. culture shifting to the right. No one really believes this nonsense. Mm. Okay, so I'm going to do a long-form thing on all the trans stuff soon. Yeah. But as I have said before, the trans stuff is only legitimated by the technology and what's going to be acting first, the law or the tech? Grant says, the reason the Republican guy can take a joke is because his whole identity is not man in wheelchair. That's a good point. They literally have no other personality other than, look, I cut my dick off. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I'm not saying it wasn't a momentous event in their lives, but come on, you've got to be a bit more than that, right? Well, they're voluntarily disabling themselves. Yeah. Uh, Mason says, the latest Chappelle uh, bit was a bit shit. 
Uh, the one joke landed that was the opening one besides Chappelle is not on our side. Um, no, I thought it was actually very well structured. In terms of like how stand-up comedians do their craft, mm -hmm. it was a lot better than Sticks and Stones, which is just being disconnected and edgy for the sake of it. He tells a long-winding story and then delivers the punch on it, much like Norm Macdonald would do when he feels yeah. like he's wasting your time and then hit you. Yeah. Chappelle knows how to do that. So it, it was very good. Uh, Rick says, if Joe Biden's term has taught us anything, it's that if a clown becomes president, the White House becomes a circus. I love the decency thing being back on the ballot though. That's so of all the things that aged poorly, like there's just so much degeneracy. Literally, like the guy getting railed in the Senate. It's like Sam Brinton. Yeah, 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 yeah. And the, the trannies, the topless trannies, is just like I I just embarrassing. The military official doing poppy play on OnlyFans. Oh yeah. Just totally gross. In every way, like Adam's face. Like, but, yeah. I'm just thinking of a Ben Carrison cartoon he could do about it. Where it's <laughs> he's probably done it. You don't know who Ben Garrison is? I, I never get any of your references. Just assume Ben Garrison's very famous. He's uh, a cartoonist who just makes like very edgy cartoons about politics. Yeah, and they're, they're always hilarious because he labels absolutely everything in the cartoon. Right? I mean, the, the cartoons themselves. If you took all the labels off, they would still be understandable, and they would be quite you know incisive. But then he labels just everything. And it's like okay, but there's nothing for me to use my imagination on. I'm not, you know, the the the, the point is your it's it's kind of like an in joke, right? And if you just label everything, then it's not a joke. That's why Stone Toss is more effective. Yeah, 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 way more. Yeah, uh, but I like Ben Garrison. He's good. Um, Karambit says, I really want street interviews, asking people about UK immigration. Yeah, but most of them don't speak English, so. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah, we don't want to endanger jets like that. Let's be honest. <laughs> Actually, that would be even more useful as a piece of footage. I don't know so, about immigration. <laughs> we ask people in London what they think of immigration. There's just people going, Yandis and I'll. Paul says, this asylum thing sounds pretty good. Where do I apply? Yeah, have we tried applying for asylum? Like, what happened? What, in what, our own country. Yeah, why not? What are so, going to say? Tommy was... Um, actually, I retract that because I can't know what I can say. So. Okay, we'll go there. Uh, well, I might go to apply for asylum, see if I get on the asylum list, see if I get any money. Yeah. I mean, to be honest, it would be a laugh to do that with Ireland right there. Yeah. And just see what happens. But aren't we declaring our intent to commit fraud? <laughs> so? Is it fraud? This was a joke, by the is, way. Is it fraud? I'm fleeing from this country. <laughs> to this country? Yeah, I fled from London to there. No. I assume we were committing fraud in a foreign country. Yeah. I'm <laughs> not committing any fraud. <laughs> yeah, he's right. I'm way too lazy to commit um, I'm not in the Conservative Party. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> like, it's not even fraud they're just giving it away for free like, they're just giving it away like, they're approaching no check yeah we just rubber stamp it's is not... it fraud to take yeah. a free sample exactly <laughs> is it fraud if literally you're just doing it hang on you're not foreign enough to steal from us yeah yeah exactly yeah exactly that's the argument yeah so yeah you're not foreign enough to steal um <laughs> so... say that again <laughs> that's literally what the UK government and all the other western governments are saying you know, no, if you are sufficiently foreign, then you can. Anyway, Matt says, the unready describes every Western politician at the moment. Yes, it does. Uh, Sophie says, the funny thing about the Syrians, we tried to pay to go home, is most didn't take it. I believe about 12 people or something took the offer. They have free housing and a monthly allowance. So they're like, wait, I take this money, then I have to go home and find a job before the money runs out. Or I just stay here and never have to work a day in my life again. Why would I take the money? Exactly. You've got to take the Lebanese option, man. It's like, shh, back. 
Uh, Rick says, the Dane Geld will save us all. Zero immigration in our time. Say the politicians who take money from the people and give to themselves. The hordes invade, and guess what? The politicians have a fever, and the only prescription is more Dane Geld. Totally true. Charlie says, regarding the Dane Geld, uh, didn't John read the same poem by Roger Kipling? Uh, maybe we should spam the Norwegians and Swedes with that video. Yeah, the, uh, I can't remember how the Rudyard Kipling poem goes, but it's basically like just a, exactly what I've been saying. It doesn't work. Don't do it. The uh, French comedian says the EU leadership, jo- Johansson in particular, uh, wants 3.8, 3.8 new migrants in the EU every year. <laughs> Who's going to lose the point too? <laughs> I think you might mean 3.8 million new migrants in the EU every year. Maybe they're just bringing in a transgender Iranian oh. that left a bit behind. <laughs> <laughs> this is the equivalent of the population of France every 18 years. The problem is not that the migrants come and they won't leave. The problem is that EU migrant, the EU wants migrants to come. Well, yes. Uh, Anne says, I love the commentary about the Dane Geld. I was wondering if Sophie, a Lodzita fan who is Danish, would comment on what the Danes th- say or think officially about the Dane Geld. Yeah, I, can, I think it's, it's like this, actually. <laughs> <laughs> That's going in Lodzita as a context. <laughs> Just joking. <laughs> However, you do have a lot of our coins, and if we've got to give back the Parthenon marbles, uh, noise. <laughs> Finally, we have a just cause. That's what's going to get us listed on the ADL website. Maybe. Um, <laughs> noise Marine says this is just a bribe to bypass human rights refugee laws to avoid the long-winded deportation process of European countries. Yeah, that also doesn't work. Um, but yes, that is correct. Uh, the French comedian again says the British abolished slavery in its colon- colonies by paying the slaves, and then today gets asked to pay reparations for slavery. Uh, sounds similar to paying the migrants' leave. Yep. No, it wasn't quite how it was. Um, we paid the slave owners. We didn't pay the slaves. Well, we pay them for their slaves. <laughs> we don't pay slaves. We've got to buy your property off you, though, so it's nice and legal. Anyway, on that note. Um... Oh, we got one. <laughs> uh, Omar says. Uh, I think we can safely assume the infinite money reserves of Disney are running out because they can't afford to extend the copyright on Mickey Mouse. Just because they still refuse to learn doesn't mean they aren't hurting. Yeah, well, so what's the deal with that? Because I, I understood it, they, the copyright thing was extended constantly for Disney, right? They were the ones lobbying for the law to be changed. Right. And, and the argument was constantly, well, you know, if I create a piece of intellectual property, I should be able to live off that, and that is mine. So it ended up getting exchanged, extended to the lifetime of the author plus 99 years or something ridiculous like this. That's quite a lot. And it was like, I'm pretty sure the lifetime was enough for him to live off it. Yeah. Once he's not living, I don't know how he's living off it. Yeah. But whatever. So it just got so ridiculous that even if Disney lobbied to change it now, it, there isn't an argument. It's, it's already stupid. Yeah. They've extended like three times. You're clearly just, you know, profiting off something. It should have. But that, but that third time was to such a ridiculous extent. I mean, we're sort of looking at someone profiting for potentially 200 years of an idea they once had, which is, yeah, it's too much. Yeah. So. Fair enough. Okay, well, I guess we'll leave it there. Well, if you'd like more, um, visit the website you're on. Anyway, bye-bye. <laughs>